Hey, it's Captain Justin Leet with Chasing the Sun TV. Join me and Meredith for the best fish in action along the coast of Panama City Beach. Tune in to new episodes every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. River Rats, you are listening to the River Certified Podcast with Spencer Bauer and Ryan Tassler and an array of guests where we cover the fun, interesting, and sometimes rugged parts of spending life on or near the water. What do you think about Diddy Pulls? They're a great scouting tool as yeah. long as you put the fish back. Okay. <laughs> I'd agree with that. Um have you ever ran Diddy Pulse, Corey? I have never done it. So it's I, fun. It is fun. It's a blast. Um, I can see where it would be fun, but I'm more of a rod and reel guy. I want to. But how do you know if you've never done it? It's like saying, I've never ate a steak, so I just, just assume it's not good. <laughs> I think of it kind of like snagging for Spoonbill. Have you I'm ever sure done it's that? Fun. Have you I've ever never done, done it? See, another thing you don't know shit about. And it is fun. Spoonbill's good <laughs> That doesn't seem like my thing either, but I've never done it, so I can't truly yeah. give an opinion. After I, for me personally, after your hundred and fiftieth spoon bill, it lost gets, its luster it, it, a little it's bit. It's not as cool, <laughs> you know. It's 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 cool for hundred fifty because you're like, oh yeah, big yeah. fish doesn't take. You don't have to get them to bite. You know, if they're there, you can get them. Yeah, right. You just got to find them. Right. And I've I've got two, and I'm good. If I thought but it was that, awesome. If I thought they tasted real good, yeah, I think I would be more jacked up. Because there's a lot of meat on them. There's a lot yeah. of meat. But if I never eat another spoonbill, I'll I'll die perfectly right. fine. The best way, like we did down south, is marinate them in Thousand Island dressing and grill them, and they taste like Thousand Island dressing. Right. So that's <laughs> <laughs> or Italian dressing. Yeah, I, I Italian. apologize, oh. Italian dressing. Yeah, idiot. But anything tastes good in Italian dressing. Put a chicken breast in there, marinate it, and grill it up. I'd it's shark, delicious. I'd shark marinate an Italian dressing. It tasted like Italian dressing. Yeah. But the yeah. texture and the aftertaste, I would rather eat a black tip shark than a spoonbill. Of Me all, too, because I've never had a black tip shark. And I like eating new shit. And unlike Corey, I only talk about things that I've actually done. So, <laughs> But uh, of all the fish that I have no reservations eating, spoonbill is the lowest tier for yeah. me. Yeah. Like, give me a crappie, give me a walleye, give me a channel. I mean, the, the, the list goes on. But it's not so horrible that you're like, I refuse to eat it. Yeah. It's I'm not bad. If somebody cooks me spoonbill, I'm not going to be like, well, that was very nice of you, but I'm not going to yes. eat this shit. I mean, it's grilled fish. <laughs> grilled fish is good. And I've, well, the I've tried it. The question out there, what's the texture like on spoonbill? It's uh, more chickeny. Um, kind of mushy. Uh, mm. I, I would say it's more chewy. Compared to like walleye, walleye super flaky, yeah. and you just bite right through it. Um, oh, and I didn't tell you guys. Well, I told you that we're going to fry some fish after this. Yeah, nice. that's the only reason I'm here. Right. Let's go. <laughs> and I don't blame you. <laughs> but uh, I got some smallmouth in there. It's going to be the hodgepodge. It's smallmouth, walleye, flathead, and channel cat. We're All going a, in. Awesome. We're going to have a taste test to see who can pick out I'm which I'm not going to be able to remember which is which. Like I'm just going to cook <laughs> them as is. I've never eaten a smallmouth. This will be awesome. Yeah, I'm kind of excited about it. Unlike most bass guys, I'm not opposed to it. Yeah, and <laughs> this was a a nice 17 incher and sweet. I ate one side and the other side's there, so nice. Yeah, but so, anyway, back to Diddy Pulls, Corey. <laughs> so, how come you've never ran Diddy Pulls before? Um, just never had the opportunity, I guess. 
Um, he's new to the catfishing world. Right. He's a uh, bass. Did, did you do any catfishing growing up, or you just been bass fishing your whole life? Um, I've been everything but catfishing my whole life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you finally saw the light. <laughs> like they get forty pounds, right. and I can stack them up every <laughs> night I go. But you did last <laughs> night. He's had a good year. Um, You've got a lot of big fish. You had this two, year. Well, once you fig- started dialing stuff in last year, and then this year, you know, yeah. you, you, everybody takes some I, skunks. I took my lumps the first year for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as as I think you should. Right. I think if it starts yes. too easy, you don't yeah. appreciate it as right. much. That's Absolutely. what I was just going to say. I wouldn't appreciate it, and I wouldn't enjoy it as much as I am now. It wouldn't drive you to get out there, even though you're already tired, but right. you want to get out there. Well, and you stay don't up need all night. sleep. <laughs> Right. He's bionic. Yeah. We've nice come thing, to that decision. The nice thing with my schedule is um, I can do it a lot on days that I normally couldn't go to the lake and go bass fishing or crappie fishing. It's easier to sneak away from the family at night when they yeah. want to go to bed and yeah. nothing else is going on anyway, so it yeah. kind of works out. So you've never ran Diddy Sticks, so No. I'm going to put my opinion out on Diddy Sticks. I like them. I think they're fun. They're fun. I I think there's this, what's the word for it? Like this perception that surrounds them. Of a slaughterhouse. Of the people (laughs) that run Diddy Sticks. Woody, keep it down. It's like, get me some carpet The people who run Diddy Sticks are like wearing bibs and no shirt. I've seen they, those guys. Well, they're, they're, they do happen. That person does exist. <laughs> but then they're also these people who every single fish that's attached to one of their lines gets butchered, thrown in a freezer, gets freezer burnt, and gets thrown out so they can restock the freezer again yeah. the, the following summer. And I'm not saying that person does not exist. There's an area that exists like that. <laughs> but even like a whole med- but even, with, even my point is yeah. that you can't just lump people into a group exactly right. you know because yeah. there's always exceptions um the area you're talking about there are a lot of people that keep a lot of fish but then mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who run ditty poles for fun mm-hmm. enjoyment only just yeah. just for the opportunity to see a big fish which you do see a lot of big fish. You're going to see way more than if you're riding a reel in for a yeah. variety of reasons. I think the number one is that you're not there. We talked about it earlier. You're not there to screw it up. Yes. Take think, out the human error. Yeah. You yeah. take the human error out as well as the human. I think it's mostly human presence. Yeah. I think I would enjoy the anticipation, like the waiting and wondering and as you're running back to go check It's like check Christmas them again. morning. All right. <laughs> let, me, let me paint you the picture of what Diddy Poles are to me. Okay. You start out at noon. You go out with your buddies, you crack your first beer. You catch a bunch of bluegills, bullheads, sunfish, whatever. You crack your second beer. You catch some more bluegills, <laughs> sunfish, bullheads, whatever. You load them up, and then you go to the river. Once you're on the river, it's you crack your five, third six, beer. Seven. Okay, and then you're... I'm ru- the wrong word to say you had me at the first beer. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're on the river, you crack your third beer, you're going to wherever you're going to camp you get out you throw all your camping stuff on the bank you set up your tents whatever get your fire pit ready crack beer four five maybe six <laughs> and then then you go set your poles then you start thinking about fishing yeah, yeah. Then you, when you set your poles and bait your poles you want to get them set you know an hour half hour this is how i do it an hour half hour before the sun goes down so the channel cat don't ravage them 
Well, and generally, I like to start off with bullheads if you got them because the yeah. channel cats don't mess with them as much. Yeah. I set my Diddy sticks when I run them with my bait right on top. Some yeah. people like them down on the bottom. I like them splashing around right on top. Then you go back to camp. You start your fire. Then if you want to cook, you can cook. Um, you definitely crack beer seven, eight, nine <laughs> while you're in anticipation. Yeah. You cast rods in while you're waiting. Oh, 100%. Yes. You're sitting on the sandbar. Yeah. You cast rods out. Yeah. I missed that detail. Thank <laughs> you, you did. That's important. And, and then about 11 o'clock-ish, you hop in the boat. You go run them. Once happy hours came and gone. Yep. Yep. And you go run them. You see your fish, catch a five-pounder, keep it. Or let it go. Depends on what you're feeling like for breakfast in the morning. Yeah. You see some big fish. You're like, oh, crazy big fish. You let them go and then rebate all your lines, go back and crack beer, whatever numbers <laughs> you're at at this <laughs> lost point. Count lost by lost, then. lost yeah. count by then. Fall asleep. Or, well, you might stay up and run them at two or three. Yeah. Or you might just fall asleep. <laughs> and then when you wake up, when the sun comes up, you go run them again. You see your fish that you see. Maybe you kept that five earlier. Earlier, Maybe you let them go. Maybe you keep your five in the morning, and then you fry them up for breakfast, or maybe you brought a bunch of stuff for breakfast already, so you let all the fish go. And then uh, depending on the weekend, maybe it's a long weekend, and then you repeat the cycle. Do it all over <laughs> you do it all over You try again. to hydrate a little bit the morning. Before you start yes. with Bloody Marys. Yes. And then, yes. then do it all over again. But that's that's Diddy Pulls to me, and it's a lot of fun. Yes. So but, when are we doing this? <laughs> the, the yeah, problem. let's pencil it into your schedule. <laughs> right. When are we getting that? So, oh, what's going on oh wait, you're going you're gonna to be December. On, okay, you're, December. You're going to be on that. the water 6 a.m. to midnight tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to wake up at 4 30 and i will be off the water about quarter to one is yeah. my, what i'm anticipating just another day and then yeah. i'll wake up and do it again the next day but the best part is you don't have a hour drive home that is sweet <laughs> you don't have to punch a time clock no and when you run your own business you don't even want to right because yeah. you don't want to know your hourly no. wages <laughs> no absolutely not but it, i mean the the diddy pool thing i think it, Diddy pulls, trot lines, all the quotation marks, alternative methods get a, a bad rap, but it boils down to the person running up. Like you can abuse a rod and reel just as much as you can a diddy pull oh. if you keep every fish that you yep. catch. Yep, yep. Yeah. And and then the other side of it too is for every ninety nine rod and reel guys, there's one diddy pull guy. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yep. they just stick out more because they're just out there to be seen. But yeah. I have seen two people running diddy pulls this entire year and i knew them well I, the water's so low you can't get your boat up and down a lot of spots well these guys had a jet yeah but they these guys are big into deer hunting mm -hmm. and after the pre-spawn july rolls around bite slows down they quit fishing and then they and then switch they're on, gears they're on the yeah. food plots they're yeah. like getting their food plots and stuff yeah. planted so to me, it's it's more about the person than how you fish. Yeah. And one of the beautiful things about catfishing is there's so many different ways you can catch a catfish. Mm -hmm. And I don't I don't want to paint a, a group of like I don't want to uh, just assume this group of people that does does this these things are all the same way because I know so many exceptions. Well, anybody that spent any time on the rivers have seen the ditty poles that have been there for six months that, that are all wrapped up, not tagged. You right. Know? Right. And those are the exception to the rule. But I they mean, stick out a lot. They do stick out a lot. <laughs> yeah. And the oh, and that 
question was from old Kentucky Larry. Kentucky, Kentucky Larry. Larry. Um, sounds like a jugger. Sounds like. <laughs> Larry, do you have bibs? <laughs> do you ever wear the bibs and no shirt? It's you, okay if you do. If you yeah. do, send a, a picture to Spencer Bauer at it's just, <laughs> just Spencer, Spencer at RiverCertified.com. You know my email. I, I look forward to the picture, man. And I appreciate all the good questions. <laughs> Nipple clips are included. <laughs> I haven't met that guy. No. <laughs> so I'm here with with Corey, Corey Weaver. Corey Weaver Outdoors, JB's Fish Sauce. Mr. JB. Anything Fish else? Sauce. Speaking of, I've been Nothing. hammering. Worth mentioning. Been okay. hammering channel cats on secret sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Doing yeah. well. Good, good. Doing good. well. Should be getting close to going ahead and bringing that out. What's the difference between the wide mouth containers and the squeeze containers? Why is it so much firmer in the wide mouth container than the squeeze container? Did you change anything or is it just... Um, I probably had it refrigerated longer before it got to you. All right. So that's the trick with either the gels, the jellies, um, any of the softer formulas. We're going to war. I'm being attacked by flies. So if you heard that sound, that was me uh, cocking the bug assault gun. (laughs) Anyway. Um, You want to, especially when it starts getting warm in the summertime, I like to keep them on ice in my cooler. Yeah. Keep it cold, and then um, it holds longer. It releases a little slower. And if you want to release faster, just go ahead and get a little warm. It'll get a little bit runnier. Yeah. I mean, it's not as runny as our mists and stuff, but um, it'll release faster. So. I liked it when it was more solid. Yeah. You just kind of wipe it on your creek chub like it's butter, yeah. and, it, and it sticks a lot better. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. So it lasts a little longer. It releases a little slower. Um Depending on the scenario, that's better sometimes. And sometimes it's better. I mean, if they're to really make more tough, of a cloud. Yeah. If they're really tough, and you're really trying to put a slick out there or whatever you're trying to do with it, um, letting it get a little runny is not bad. Oh, you shanked it point blank range. Uh, did I miss him, or did it just not fire? You just missed him from an inch away. Uh, <laughs> that was the sound of. He's on the other side of your shots fired. Your uh, try or the bipod deal just oh. get him with your hand Corey. <laughs> this would be a lot faster i still don't see him oh there he is. uh-oh Dana. Dana. oh he still flies is your safety on <laughs> i need him to land on ryan's head <laughs> at least i can see him it's duck cory we need safety goggles smoked oh. him that time he there's not one. he flew 20 feet across the, the, the oh there's another one Corey. Do OSHA rules apply to the podcast? Nope. Oh, he's he's on your lap, I think. Oh, I, I think I you him. winged him. Send in the dog. Oh, that was a good one. Oh, he's still flying. It's like the Chuck Norris of flies. Alright, we'll we'll resume this <laughs> again. But I'm also here with Ryan, the flathead assassin. Oh yes. Yep. What well, we we were talking about, the fish sauce. Yeah. It's nice to have different options it for is. how you do things. Yeah. Or or maybe it's daunting. You ever feel that way with like rod and reel choices? Like there's so many to pick from. How do you know which one you should pick? Not as much as you because you're kind of going through a process right now where you're trying to create the perfect rod. Oh, yeah. So, but, but I'm just talking about you walk into a sporting goods store and you're like, hey, I need this medium power spinning rod to use for whatever. Yeah. And there's 
47 different choices on the rack. And whatever one you grab, you're like, I bet that other one's just a little bit better. Yeah, I get get this from my wife So then you have 12. (laughs) Being a tournament guy, I get get this from my wife a lot because, you know, why does anybody need 50 fishing rods? Well, because they all have their own purpose. That's right. Golf clubs. Yeah. You You don't putt with a driver, okay? Yeah. How many wrenches are there? Everyone has a certain scenario. Absolutely. You use a wrench. I don't, I don't use a half-inch wrench on a quarter-inch bolt or yeah. nut. You or, know, like, yeah. you, you, you got to make sure it fits. They're tools, right. and yep. every tool has their own purpose. So how do you go through, like, picking the right tool for the job? Because you have – so you, you could have 47 different medium-power spinning rods – One's a fast, one's an extra fast, one's a moderate fast. This company says it's a fast, but it bends like this company's moderate fast, you know. You know, you have, this one's rated for 8 to 14 pound line. This one's rated for 6 to 12. They bend completely different. How do I know which one's going to be the best for the job? How do you pick? Well, you buy them all. (laughs) That is what the companies are counting on. Uh, Experience, um, just like anything else, it takes time to learn what you like and don't like. And there's, there's what a, I like in a rod might be different than what you like in a rod might be different than what he wants out of the rod. Right. Even yeah. when we're trying to do the same goal, Objective. the same yeah. purpose. Right. Um, we all have our own little thing that we like about them, and it might be different. Well, it's yeah. going to definitely be different because whatever you pick is wrong and whatever I pick is right. <laughs> I just want the rod that gets out of the snags the easiest yeah, and lands the right. turtles. That's that's my two key components. Well, you nailed Titanium. the second one. <laughs> Actually, though, I caught another turtle the other night. So oh, I, you're smoking me. I'm dominating. I think you. I've only got one all season. Good. I've I'm, got I'm like five. Really? I haven't landed one this year. I haven't caught one. Well, it took me six turtle bites to land one. <laughs> hooked one, lost one, and then uh, hooked one or missed four, and then finally landed the last one. <laughs> and that's when I put the cut bait away. It was after yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, I was at that same spot last night, and you must have scared them all. Cause You're I welcome. I didn't get a single you turtle bite. No, uh, as far as the picking the rods go, you talked about experience, and we're all fortunate we grew up fishing. Yes. So we have developed yeah. our preferences, whether we realized or not, over a life of fishing. And and all that's mm-hmm. by failure. Yeah, it's you know, all it's, failure. This like, rod sucks because of this. Or unawareness. Like, you think this rod's the shit until you find out, there's a better one out there yeah you know and that, that's a big thing so. or you put it into a scenario that it fails because it's not made for making that operation happen or and you, then you have to upgrade to something else right right and i would say for beginners it almost might be better to shop online just from the perspective that all the rod makers have descriptions of what that rod was designed for yes you know, they'll give you yeah. a handful of baits and line weight size lower weight size um and the technique that it was designed yes, for absolutely. yeah um, if, you, if you don't know any you better go, if you just walk into bass pro or shields or something i want to catch bass better well but, go grab an ugly stick right that's a pretty good all-around rod um <laughs> you're not gonna get that little bit of help in um that you can get online at all the companies yeah. have and even if they are knowledgeable about it, like you said, they're knowledgeable to their preference. Right. So they yeah, may and everybody you has different preferences. Yes. If you're wondering what that slight hum in the background, my neighbor Joe is 
blowing grass clippings off of his (laughs) driveway. It's impressive that we can hear it inside. Yes. Joe's a go-getter. He is. He has a very nice yard. Very nice yard, Joe. (laughs) When you're done, come over across the street. Shoot the fishing, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess for me, kind of just feeds off of what you guys were saying. But, um, yeah, just experience and trying different stuff and figuring out what's best and you only know what you know yes you know and and if you don't continue to experiment with different like rod bends rod blank construction all kinds of different stuff uh, you won't know what you prefer like and people want this straightforward answer on this stuff what's the best rod for this well it's what works best for you yeah, and you don't right. figure out what works best for you unless you try a different bunch or a bunch of different stuff that's why there are so many different options because there's so many different anglers yeah. i mean that and so many different conditions even something as straightforward as flathead fishing there are certain rods that are better in certain scenarios than others oh mm-hmm. dude that, there's you a, could have 15 different rods to cover every single scenario if you wanted gonna, it perfect yes if you wanted to make it perfect every yeah. single time no problem and every single time the flathead would bite the opposite rod that i wanted him to that's <laughs> just the way it works yeah that's like me <laughs> if you throw a little rod out it's getting bit by oh, the absolutely monster. yes yeah. no longer than i've been doing it and no more time that i get to dedicate to it i only have three rods i have three different rods and i just find a way to make them work yeah well, they're, um, they're all different right you have yeah. what a medium heavy a heavy and then a nine and a half foot heavy Yes. Yeah. So it's so like, have you have you found a correlation like the next flathead rod you buy is going to be more similar to which one of the three? Um, I would like a longer medium heavy. They literally make a longer medium heavy. Um, <laughs> <yes>. um, <laughs> Whisker Seeker makes a nine six medium heavy, just yes. so everybody knows. Yes. <laughs> um, I think that would be my next. Ironically, my wimpy spinning rod, I mean, it's a medium heavy, but it has probably caught most of my fish just by chance of where you casted it. That one happens to be in the right spot. Well, Um, and I think there's also something towards the softness of the rod. Like I used to, when I was younger, and this is talking about only knowing what you know and things change as you learn more and more things. For the longest time, I thought you had to have these giant beefcake rods and reels for these big fish and um they are effective tools for moving them away from structure but what they lack is hookup ability like a softer rod tends to have a higher percentage of hookup as well as keeping that hook in the fish than a stout broomstick pole but catfishing it's like bigger stronger yeah and that's where everyone's going but I, i'm going the other direction which with braid i think that makes more of a difference than oh, mono. Yeah. there's got to be some give somewhere yeah because yeah. the mono does the give versus the rod mm-hmm. so it's Wait. it's a different like when me and you fish you know the rod's going to work better for you let's say we're using circle hooks yep a certain rod's going to work way better for you using braid than me using mono see i think it the other way though like with circle hooks i think a rod that doesn't work well with braid and circle hooks would work well with mono. That's what I'm saying. It's going to be a different but scenario. Then a rod that works well with braid and circle hooks also still works good with mono. Like I don't. I think that give and that stretch, even on a soft rod, you can still is still. You think okay. so? I do. I do. That spinning rod I have, for example, that's the only rod I throw circle hooks on. Mm-hmm. 
and it has a great hookup. I have a great hookup ratio with that yeah, landing it's, ratio. It's got the but if I experiment and try it with either of my other two bigger rods, mm-hmm. your hookup isn't as good. Circle hooks, which which are most terrible. of yours is off the bank, right? right. So which, there's there's off the bank, and then there's also an, the one of the bigger factors too is depth and current. So. Yes. Bodies of water that are really deep with really fast current, like the Mississippi or Missouri, mm-hmm. those heavy, stout rods with circle hooks and braid are going to have a decent hookup percentage, um, a better hookup percentage than they do where we fish yes. that are smaller, shallower, less current. Yeah, they're not pulling down. Yeah. They're pulling maybe to the side or maybe right. yeah, yeah. They wherever they can got, run. You got more yeah. line out. Um, we got more line out, and then the current is actually helping to push that fish down river and load it up. Where yeah. us, the the only thing loading the rod is pretty much the fish. Yeah, and if he's running that, you got to splash the water and try to scare him the other way. Or shine a spotlight. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. The spotlight always works. No, that that one last night was pretty cool. It literally, it was probably a minute and a half. Oh, just to clarify, Corey caught a couple studs last night. Yeah. yeah. Get lucky sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but that first one, it literally, it was probably a minute and a half watching that rod. Like, he was almost cocky, just. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The he worst was, thing he you could have done. The, area. the worst thing you could have done was mess with it. Right. Like, yeah. it and let him figure it out. Yeah, let him figure it out. I, I just sat there and enjoyed the moment. And <laughs> Time stood still. All hell broke loose. <laughs> I got drenched from head to toe. So, which that was your son's first stud flathead, right? That was his first mega. Yeah, yeah awesome. That, that was the most. Exciting. That's a good moment. You know, we, that's that's been, a great moment. That's been my goal all summer because he turned sixteen. So this was his first summer working full time. Nice. Um, and he's so, been getting after it from what you told me, which is sweet. Yeah. Um, so he hasn't gotten to go as much this year, but. Uh, this was our last chance before the school year starts, and he gets busy again. So it worked out. I'm happy. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's great when something like that that actually means something comes together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's more fun watching someone else, especially if it's your son or a friend, family. It's more fun watching someone else get that excited and have that moment. That's that's why I let Ryan yeah. reel them all in. <laughs> I just love watching him catch fish. I giggle like a little schoolgirl. <laughs> it's a good time. Which I haven't caught a fish for a while. That's fine. I shanked too the last time me and you. Went you know, out. I was thinking about that. Shanked you were, them. You were saying some I stuff about somebody missing some fish. Yeah. For you know, you had yeah. a solid five to ten minute like rant about I, it. I and had then, a meltdown, and then I pulled my head out of my butt and caught like a twelve. <laughs> but I missed two studs. If, if that's a twelve, I want to use your scale. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I. I had missed three in a row. I had missed a couple of good ones on a recent trip mm-hmm. with you. Which maybe I, maybe it's me. No, mine was I had too big of a bait on an A dot hook. I don't think I had enough bait exposed to, or hook exposed to. You know, I, I err on the ten dot over yeah. the A dot. Like I don't use eights very often yeah. anymore. Right. I do for like creek chubs and cut, stuff. That or cut bait. Yeah, I've replayed that night several times with you. And I almost think, looking back at it, that my line... You thought that, too? Like was the line... wrapped around the drop-off. Yep, yep. And so even though we thought we were getting solid hook, hook sets, we it, weren't. It was just the sinker and the, the hook and everything shoved against the sandbar. 
Right. And then, well, even if you, you might've had a fairly solid hookup and then you're pulling that flathead's face into the <laughs> sandbar drop off. Right. Turns out he didn't like that. <laughs> and then the pop off factor is, I don't know. It yeah. popping out of the sand. That was a heart. Yeah. That was a heartbreaking night. I'm not going to lie. I bet there showed a little emotion on that one. If I if I don't I get like a guide together fairly well though, <laughs> if I don't get a guide trip Monday that we maybe have an option to Wednesday, I may go back to that place to try to get redemption just out of my kayak this time. That's not a terrible idea. I'm, it's it's eating me alive. Is it really? <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking about See, it. See, and this is the reason then. we get along because right? we can relate on these. Because I missed two, and they were both over twenty for sure. Yeah, they were somewhere between 20 and 110 pounds. Yes. Yeah. And I want to see them. Yeah. yeah. And I want to spit in their face uh, and say, I got you. I, 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 I <laughs> oh, is that just me? So spiteful. Is so that just spiteful. me? Are you going to talk trash to them? <laughs> no. I will be appreciative that they showed up to play. In your face, you <laughs> son of a bitch. You don't, in your face. You don't mess with the flathead assassin. <laughs> Because he'll come back for That's you. That's right. <laughs> I will not sleep until I see you on my road. Be ride. on the sandbar putting it in a DDT or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got a question for you. This is another one from Kentucky Larry. Uh-oh. And I like this one a lot. If Just imagine the scenario. You're at home. You're sitting on the pot. You look over, and you're out of toilet paper. You look over, and wherever you keep your extra toilet paper, it's out too. You know you got some TP in the boat. Is that TP off limits? Is that only boat TP? No. Or do you go get that TP from the boat? I would I would first phone somebody from the house because there's always somebody at my house. Okay. That's and solid. I would have them go get. You could always jump Well, or even paper towels. <laughs> yeah. Anything. I mean, the most important aspect of that question is as soon as you're done, you replenish the boat TP. Yeah. yeah. So you don't have an incident. And you don't forget. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because there's nothing worse than the one time you'll remember that you forgot mm-hmm. is when you need it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like I, milliseconds before you need it. <laughs> do either of you do the dude wipes? No. I don't. So I Oops. have them as backups. In my boat, I got a roll of TP. And then in my first aid kit, I have three or four dude wipes that they could be used as TP. They could clean out a cut. Antiseptic, yeah. Which I haven't talked about my cut yet. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I carry both. It's not a bad thing because... I've never opened the dude wipes yet, but... They're basically a wet case. wipe. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're just a Figure slightly... purpose Yeah, slightly bigger wet wipe that... And if you're on the river all day, it's not a bad idea just to use one anyway. <laughs> well, when we went to the Amazon... <laughs> factor gets real. <laughs> when we went to the Amazon, we didn't even know if we'd have showers, so Wes bought these wet wipes that are like three feet wide you fold them out and there's these immense wet wipes so it'd be like shower in a bag basically and thankfully we didn't have i think he used them one night and he's like these don't these are not substitutes for showers just be glad you have showers yeah (laughs) but for me if i if i were to be in that instance the the boat tp is definitely not off limits but what you said was the number one important thing like it goes back so last week when me, Bob, and Garrett went fishing, once we were done, I went back to my truck. And while we were out fishing, I'm like, I kind of have to poop. Got back to the truck. I'm like, cleaning these fish. Oh, it's coming. <laughs> so I look in my truck, because usually I got to roll in there. Mm-hmm. Nowhere to be seen. Oh, I don't geez. know where it went. 
And then <laughs> somebody bah. sabotaged me. <laughs> so I'm like, I got a knife in my pocket all the time, and I'm thinking, well, oh, I'm gonna miss these sleeves. <laughs> I like this shirt. It's too bad I'm gonna have to cut the sleeves off. Then Bob and Garrett show up from fishing, and they uh, Bob fortunately had some rags in the van that had turpentine on them. I, done, <laughs> I didn't care at this point in time. You wipe your ass, and it's on fire. These these ones were actually well. That's that was what he asked me. Do you want the ones with turpentine? I'm like, I don't care. Just give me a rag. <laughs> oh, we're serious. Okay, <laughs> we don't have time for discussions. <laughs> So he gave me a rag, and it all worked out. And now the leftover rags that haven't been used are in my truck for backup <laughs> in case the TP roll ever disappears. Yeah. yeah. So I have a roll under my back seat and a roll in my bag that I take on all my trips. Yeah, yeah I've got a roll in the boat, in my blue tackle bag, yep. and several in my truck. That's Because they get used all the time. Well, dude, you can't. You're like an infant. Yeah. Comes, like when you got, yeah. well, the other night when we were out, you're like, <laughs> I have to, I have to take a dump. And I look over, we're like 20 feet from the bank. And I'm like, oh, he can just walk over to the bank. No big deal. Then I look back and you're pooping off the back of the boat. <laughs> now the real scenario no, is. No, time out. I'm dragging this boat up river. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, oh, and it was so foggy that we couldn't hit the, the seam that was the size of the boat. It only. wouldn't have mattered. Like, That's true. Yeah. yeah. It would have just, even if we, it was bright daylight, we would have still had issues. So he, he's pulling my boat upstream to the boat ramp as I'm taking a dump off my pods. On the <laughs> <back>. <laughs> just another, that's just, a hallmark moment. Just right another there. day. Just another day. <laughs> like whatever. How far do you think it, it's probably, it was every bit of three quarters to a mile drag. Yes. Yeah. But, but we did get, uh, we did eat up a hundred yards immediately when I ran it up on that sandbar. Solidly. Because I was that like, was good contact. I was like, we're home free. We're home free. <laughs> <laughs> Just solid stop. Turns out our memory in the fog wasn't as good as we thought it was. Yeah. It's amazing how you can't see things very well when it's dark and foggy. <laughs> Surprise to me. Uh, it was a good time. I like Larry's questions, though. Nice yeah, job, Larry. Yeah, yeah he, he's got some good ones. Um, here's another one. Good fishing podcast, other than, I like to think this is an okay one. And then you got Meat Eater and Not Fishing or Hunting Related, Joe Rogan. Like, those are the big ones. I've never listened to a podcast. You're not a podcast guy? I've are you never a podcast have. guy? I, I'm not either. I'm a podcast guy. The so. day you said, let's make a podcast, I had to literally like... Google it. Google <laughs> what the frick a podcast right. was. Um, <laughs> and my, my excuse is I don't have that much time to dedicate, um, but I do so much traveling. That's I really what should, I listen to. I really to. should learn to work it into my road trip Yeah, just scenarios. Hit, hit play. And- See, I think it's... Um, a, a personal growth thing because you right. can learn so much from podcasts. There's yes. like the entertainment value. There's the education value though. And I think that's the most valuable thing right. because you can talk about stuff on a podcast, long form discussion that you don't talk about in other like videos, you know, yeah. and stuff like, like that. I'm guilty of, um, I don't watch them, but I'll listen to, Oh, I never watch. I'll a turn, you, no, I'll turn YouTube videos on in my truck Oh, to listen I'm not to watching, them. but I'm listening to yeah. the videos. So you are a podcast guy. Um, yeah, yeah, but they're, they're shorter yeah. versions of... Yes. Right. But it's essentially an educational podcast. Right. Same format in the way that you 
consume it, I guess. But yeah. same concept. Speaking like, of, I can't read books, but I'll read a magazine. Yes, I, I like short articles. Yeah. Get to the point, get my attention. <laughs> Kids these days. I'm not a book guy. <laughs> but uh, speaking of, I missed another f bomb on the last Friday's podcast. Did you? I was yeah listening to it on the way here just to. Go through it and check, and I missed another one. Nobody's perfect. And I even, I said it. Like, it came out of my mouth, and I forgot to edit it You have missed an F-bomb on every one I've listened to. Really? Yeah, Yeah. just one. Consistency. Consistently missed one on every one. (laughs) It's like, where's Waldo? Yeah. You just got to find the F-bomb. Yeah. (laughs) It keeps it real, though. That's real life. Here's one for you. Make sure you get that one. (laughs) Damn it, Spencer. All right. Um... What was I going to say? What were we just talking about before that? Podcast. Podcasts. Oh, good yeah. podcast. So ones you can check out. As far as catfishing related, there is um, Catfish and Crappie. He has one. And then... Uh, Kit. Oh, yeah. So Kit and Randy. BFF. Yep. Uh, Beerfish Fanatics. Those are local, smaller ones. You get bigger. There's... The Captain's Collective, which would be saltwater-based, but they interview a bunch of fishing guides, which I think is fascinating. And then the Tom Rowland podcast, he interviews a bunch of fishing guides, and then a lot of fitness people, which is kind of neat. Yeah. And so are most podcasts also YouTube? No, people? not necessarily. Are Some, there guys that just specialize in podcasts? Yeah, there's a okay. pile of them that do that. There's uh, the Big Water podcast with the dude's name is Ross Robertson. He's a big walleye guy, yeah. but he's funny. You know, he's entertaining. I enjoy that one. And Anchored with April Volke. That's fly fishing geared to some degree, but she interviews a lot of different cool people. Huh. Any podcast with Larry Dahlberg. You know who Larry Dahlberg is? No. You don't know who Larry freaking Dahlberg is? And you fish? You, you'd be ten times better fisherman. If, if I did. saw him, I might. The Hunt for Big Fish with Larry Dahlberg? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm terrible with names. I apologize. Um, Larry, don't be offended. He's, uh, oh, he's not listening. <laughs> uh, but he doesn't have a podcast, but he's been interviewed for a bunch of different ones. Anytime Larry Dahlberg's getting interviewed, like I, I will search on podcast platforms for Larry Dahlberg yeah. just to listen to that yeah, guy talk. Yeah, for big fish. Because that dude, he is very, I mean, I'm not saying I'm like him, but I can relate to how he does things because he's very scientific minded, very practical about how he approaches fishing. And, I, and he has a lot of time to fish. He's created a yeah. lot of time to fish. Like every, all of his situations are because of what he created. Those are the podcasts that I like. I'm a podcast guy. I'm a fishing nerd, so I listen to a lot of fishing podcasts. And I listen to some Rogan. I listen to some Meat Eater. But uh, I listen to a lot more of that other stuff, and I find a lot of value in it. Yeah, I want to go back and listen to this now and write these down. So he gave a lot of good ones. There you go. You're so right. how about your arm, Spencer? What happened? Oh, there? yeah. Um, I was on a guide trip, and my trailer, my boat does not like to go up on my trailer. And yeah. it might be partially because it's a bunk trailer, and, and it's, it's a really heavy boat. And it's 20 foot long and like a million miles wide. Right. So when I crank it up on the trailer, I have to like put my whole body on <laughs> on the the lever and it's all in the hips it's all in the everything <laughs> like every ounce of your being you lean on that thing to get that crank to turn to winch it up on that boat trailer so when we beached it hard last year and yeah. we put that come along on it to get it off the sandbar 
we bent the bow eye and I just haven't got around to bending it back. Yeah. So as I winch it up, it it's pushes cock eyed. It's a little cock eyed and it pushes the winch strap against the side of the winch and it frayed just a little bit. Oh. So what could go wrong? Uh, <laughs> you're about to hear what could go wrong. <laughs> I'm moving a two-ton object with a frayed rope. It's only a ton. It's only a ton. So one ton, and I'm trying to crank it up, and the, the clients had just left. Thankfully. Or not thankfully, because uh-huh. when it happened, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm all by myself. <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to crank it on there, and the strap snaps. My forearm flies forward, hits the winch, and apparently the bolt that runs through it was sticking out. I mean, it's obviously sticking out. Yeah. My forearm hit that too. And I'm like, ow, that hurt. I look at it and there's a one inch gap in my <laughs> forearm where I can see like pieces of fat laying on my skin. Yeah. And I move my forearm. I'm like, oh, that's the muscle. <laughs> and I just go, oh no. And thankfully, my first thought was call Ella. My second thought was I have a first aid kit in the boat. I hop yeah. in the boat. I have a gauze wrap. I wrap it up as tight as I can. And um, then I'm like, oh, I still have to load this boat. And the boat is two inches away from the roller. So it's not and even no, on the And we have no strap. We have no, no way yeah. to winch it up. I have cam straps in my truck. Pull those out. I use like, I put the safety chain on and I put two of those cam straps on and cinch them down as hard as I can pull it the rest of the way out of the water, strap the back, do everything, keep checking my cut to make sure it's not bleeding through the gauze. Yeah. And it wasn't. It didn't hardly bleed It was at that all. deep? Yeah. yeah. It just, uh, I don't know. I'm just glad that I didn't die from bleeding out or anything. Or right. getting an infection in it. No, well, I mean, it's, you're not he- with- it's not healed yet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but you're dealing with low Did river water. bone bruise in that area? Because, like, well, all right. Looking back at this whole situation, we'll revisit this. I'll write this down so I don't forget. <laughs> but um, so I go through all of this, get my boat loaded. I'm still like debating should I drive or should I not drive? I said, screw it. I drove slow. My boat's bouncing awkwardly on the trailer because it's not strapped down the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Take my time, get home. The concrete guy's here because I need to redo my driveway because the mm-hmm. boat won't back up on it without scraping on the driveway is that bob's guy yeah yeah cool yep so uh talk to him for a half hour and (laughs) you're like i'm i'm dying (laughs) (laughs) and once once that's over um ella calls like the doctor and then we go get stitched up but the stitches didn't even hurt that bad they like apparently because they they made me roll over and covered it with a sheet or whatever that just has one opening. And then they put the anesthetic and they insert the shot right into the cut Yeah, because you're going to get stitches. Yeah. And it didn't even hardly hurt at There's all. There's not a whole lot of nerve endings. Yeah. Well, Your so it produces almost a natural numbing agent when something like that, especially after three hours. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> but this is pure speculation and wondering if the wrestling background helped me there. Because I was kind of a power half guy, and I would shove my forearm in the back of people's heads Uh and do it every day for months on end. Well, those Muay Thai guys, they kick trees to to strengthen up their shin bones. And I just wonder if a little bit of that played out there. This is is a reach, but maybe, (laughs) maybe. So moral of the story is... Evolution of the man. (laughs) (laughs) Evolution of the cat fisherman. (laughs) 
Moral of the story is I have three stitches in my forearm. And run power halves as run, much as possible. As much as possible. <laughs> power power halves, bar arms, chicken wings. That's my style. So I'm just if I take you down, that's what you got to be looking for. I'm just disappointed you didn't stitch yourself. You know, I mean, those whisker seeker hooks are pretty sharp. It'd been, it'd come out pretty clean. Real story. I stitched an ice fishing hut with a whisker seeker hook in 80 pound braid. <laughs> the first one I ever had had more holes in it than Swiss cheese. And, yeah. And I uh, fixed it with some 85 pound braid and the old Frankenstein uh, shelter. Yeah. It worked, it worked <laughs> fine. And I'm sure it's still working fine. Whoever I sold it to. <laughs> I, uh, we had one burned down one time. An ice hut? Yeah. That's got to be an so, interesting story. Because <laughs> they're not cosmetically made to my, burn. Uh, <laughs> my bachelor party. Now my, it's starting to make sense. Yeah. <laughs> for, for my second wife and now longest lasting almost 20 years now. Nice. Um, but we went ice fishing. <laughs> For my bachelor party. In July. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been something. No. Um, But, yeah. um, We we had a good time, and before the night was over, somebody, not me, not my shanty, but uh, one of our buddies, they knocked a lantern and something else inside their shanty, and she went up. It was not a good combination. She went up and smoked that night. Was it like a flip over or was it yeah. like wood? Oh. No, it was a flip over. Yeah. Um, luckily, all the important stuff got out. They could get out the Vexlars oh, and yeah. poles. All and, that stuff yeah. got out, but. Uh, the shelter yeah. was a total loss. Yeah. There was no saving <laughs> that one. <laughs> I could imagine if they burst into flames that it wouldn't take yeah. long. Well, we had a bunch of junk guys. I mean, we were laughing at them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not here to help. We were here to help and save his equipment. We're laughing. Look at those dumbasses. I bet that's hot, isn't it? What's that smoke smell like? Oh, yeah, cancer. That's what that smells like. (laughs) The the last time I was uh, ice fishing up in Wisconsin, we had a buddy heater catch on fire. Yes, I remember that. You, like, just chucked it out into the lake. (laughs) Exactly. You know, you it's hit a the time bomb at that point. Well, that's what I was thinking. The, and the weirdest, the well, the 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 wrench, the monkey wrench, and the whole story is all right. So you have this buddy heater, you hit the button, and it just goes, and the whole thing's on fire. You launch it, <laughs> and while after you launch it, you you hear a tong, and you look over, and one of your jaw jackers goes off, and the rod is just buried in the holder. <laughs> you know, and there's probably a fifteen to twenty five pound channel cat on this thing. So you go from thinking you're going to die to thinking, I got to get this fish. So I run over, and as soon as I touch the rod, the hook pulls. Oh. And then then, then you got hit by shrapnel from the bus. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bad moment in my life. <laughs> Insult. Uh, highs and lows, <laughs> Those things all happen, or it happened. <laughs> Turns out I just st- should have stayed home and drank. <laughs> well, I did that later. It was fine. <laughs> I got a... I got a uh, you might be river certified from Robert. Robert messaged this one in on Facebook. He says, if your phone looks glittery, but it's actually shad scales, you might be <laughs> river certified. Be. That definitely qualifies. Yeah. <laughs> I get them on like my eyebrows and my cheeks and stuff. Like I'll just... you, have, you ever find them randomly in the house? 
You're like, not, I don't use shad as much as you do. I'm, I'm brushing my teeth and I look at my toothbrush and there's a shad scale. On it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sign. I need to go fishing. Sorry, Ella. <laughs> I'm out. But if anybody has any other, you might be river certified. You can email them to me, Spencer at river certified. Oh, and the other thing that I never remember to do, if you want to help this podcast out, share it on social media. Like I put a post up on yes. my Facebook group, on my Facebook page, whenever we post these. And if you would share those or just take it upon yourself to share the link on your own personal Facebook like that, that helps a ton. Yeah. Leave, leave a review on iTunes. Yeah, I usually try to put the Spotify one up on mine just because that's yeah. what I use to yeah. listen to it. And, so. I, and most people who listen to this are listening on Spotify. Yeah. Not not everybody, but most. But regardless of what platform, that, that helps a ton and I really appreciate Because. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, don't Going back to emails, Kentucky Larry sent me one. Man, he's on a roll lately. How I do you pronounce that. Worcestershire? I've heard Spencer say it. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. War, <laughs> I did not <laughs> add a T to it. Worcester. Worcestershire. <laughs> That's how I say it. Worcestershire. Yeah. How do you say it, Corey? Worcestershire. Worcester. Not <laughs> <laughs> sure where Chester came from. Isn't there a T in there? I got um, some in the fridge. I'm there is a T. There yeah. is, but I think it's silent. W. I, when what, when what I say word it has is. a silent T, <laughs> name a name a word with a silent Tassler. T. Tassler. Everybody just calls me Assler. <laughs> that's not because that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> that's just because you're a jackass. It is W O R. C-E-S-T-E-R-S-H-I-R. So I say it like Worcestershire. Itch. Mm. Do you hear the T in itch? Yeah. You went T. Itch. Itch. Yeah. Is that how it works? Yeah, it is. That was a terrible example, Corey. (laughs) Itch. I give credit where credit's due. It is not due on that one. (laughs) There's some silent T's out there. Let us know all the silent T's. Yes. Bail Corey out. Let's get some silent T's up in this bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Now, bitch is good. We just can't say. (laughs) You have four to take out of this one, so you can count. So three. Yeah. I'll take out three. Perfect. You're you're adding more work time to yourself. That's all right. I don't have anything else going on. (laughs) I, I got a question, too, from Charles, and he asked if I ever think about the trash that was left behind in the amazon and he says not like beer bottles or wrappers or anything we made a distinct point not to leave any of that behind but yeah. the fishing tackle like snags and stuff like that and i didn't could but, you imagine how many pounds of that crap is underneath the water anywhere not any, only in the amazon anywhere but anywhere well i listened to a podcast the other day where they were a thousand times worse here than it is there oh yeah most oh, yeah. other yeah. countries just care a little more than or it's not, lazy americans it's do. not even care <laughs> well i would disagree with that like american conservation i feel like is pretty solid but the difference is the amount of people who utilize the resource okay like a lot we have game and fish to hunt and fish for because we allow it and there's so many yeah. countries that have very little available or very few resources available because they've just destroyed them themselves, either through over exploitation or of the land itself or pollution. Yeah. You know, where and these are countries that are just trying to get by. Yeah. So like just an example, parts of the rainforest that have been deforested for crops or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, that's large chunks. Cause I, 
I actually did a college paper about deforestation of rainforests because I thought it was something I needed to know. Yeah. So it was like 100 acres produced one cow start to finish. Sure. I mean, like ungodly amount. Because we're, Is we're, it because the land is so, like so not productive for ranching? It's once you clear it, there's nothing to stop the erosion. So the topsoil just... Just, just gets destroyed in the heavy rainfall. So, like the Midwest, or even more, extreme? like even more. Oh, you know, you think of the rainfall amounts in the Amazon. Land. Yes, it wasn't meant to be bare land. That's true. Yep. So I don't. And here, you know, we we tried to get better with grass waterways and contours and crap like Terraces that. Terraces so, and buffer yep. strips. And, yeah. Well, I guess there it's just rape and pillage. Well, so back, I I don't know enough to even comment on that. That's what I found back in 99 is when I wrote that paper. Okay, but as far as leave and tackle, it never even occurred to me as far as that being trash. But then also, I don't think I, I don't know, I can't remember me snagging and breaking off. I would snag and we would spend 15 minutes getting it unsnagged. Because you didn't have any more. That, and there was no going it, to Walmart. It wasn't conservation-minded. Yeah. Yes. It was lack. Necessity. Yes, yes, exactly. So we pretty, I mean, maybe there was an instance where we broke off, and I don't remember, or somebody else broke I'm off. I'm sure something, yeah. It's a matter of time for you yeah. can't retrieve it. Right. But, uh, Especially yeah. Especially with all the fish having teeth. That's impressive. <laughs> I mean, that's, right. it's going to happen. There's a lot of snaggy stuff there, though. That's impressive. That it's all rock, though. Mm-hmm. There, you, there, you didn't fish well, much the brush. Branches and stuff. But yeah, I I played it safe on the branches, right. and I that, think I that's sl- a new leaf. <laughs> Usually, we try to hang them up. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little more reserved down there, and it's funny yeah. when like I feel very confident here, and I just let it fly. And nine times out of ten, I it don't have out. issues. Yeah. But down there. I'm in this new environment, and I just take a step back. And right away, your alert's up. You're like, I have this much tackle to get me through. Man, I wasn't even thinking of that. No? I, I was just... Uh, I would have been. <laughs> it was just so alien-like there where I just felt out of my element. Yeah. Now, when I go back this time, I feel a lot You're gonna better. You're going to dominate. Right. I'm not... <laughs> I'm going to try to dominate, but... Uh, master Paul, there's a new master in town. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Paul will always be Master Paul. <laughs> I will not take that crown from him. I don't... Dude was legit. He was oh, yeah. impressive to oh, watch. Oh, yeah. Yep. He was super cool. He, and he... Like like a lot of people, when you first meet them, they're reserved. Yeah. And yeah. as you get to know them, they it's like, open how up. big of a jackass is this guy? <laughs> I like to think it was my charm and unending <laughs> positive attitude that finally got him to open up a little bit more. Or the whiskey. It might have been the whiskey. <laughs> well, we can talk about the booze they made down there here in a sec. But anyway, he opened up more and he was started like joking around and having some fun. And yeah. by the end of the trip, I felt like we had a good time. I'm not saying we're best friends or even friends at all, but yeah. I promise you, me and Master Paul had good times in the boat. <laughs> and it didn't matter who else was in there. If it was me and Master Paul, we were we were having it a good time. It was gonna be a good time. Yeah. 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 And that's cool that you can go that far away and connect with someone that quickly. Right. You well, know what I mean? stuff that makes the experience. I mean, that's cool. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, if I would have been, I, I'd like to think I would have had fun no matter whose boat I was in. But when I go back this fall, 
Paul's my guy. Yeah. I want Paul. Yep. I want to be in Paul's boat. Yep. And, Absolutely right. And hopefully it works out where it can because there's one big boat and they put the big guys in the big boat. And if Paul's on, in the big boat, he's in the big guy boat. So I'm not tiny, but I'm not like 300 pounds. Now, if you lay on the sand and throw a fit like a three-year-old, Paul might come over to your boat. Why? Just because he feels bad for you. He'd be oh. like, all right, Spencer, get up. He would definitely not. <laughs> That's why I was like confused. Paul, I think Paul, Paul, I think Paul would put him on a hook and throw him. <laughs> Paul, Paul would be repelled by that. He would go the other direction. <laughs> but Paul's a freaking legend, and I, I, that's awesome. I hope it works out when we go back down there. Yeah. So you've got your trip is full. Yes. How many guys are going on the next trip? Because I know you're kind of planning another trip right after yours. So down there. When I went down there, the host. Uh, Mark mentioned that he was going to start his own operation. And I said, if you start your own operation and you want help with anything, don't forget about me. I'm here. I think it'd be cool to go um, as an employee, not just um, somebody going along for the trip. So he ended up falling through on it. He's got two trips scheduled for November. One's November 25th to December 5th, I think. I'm probably way off. I don't remember the dates. There's yeah. a trip one, a trip two. I'm on trip one. And you're the host? I'm hosting. Of... I'm kind of. Yeah. So I'm like a host in training, basically. Yeah. There'll be other... Which means you get to fish. So that's awesome. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all the hosts get to fish. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. know. Yep. Yep. Um, but Mark will be there for that one, and he'll be there for the second one. Mark's awesome. Yeah. And um, so I'll be on that one, not the second one. The, the first one's full. The second one, I think, has four open spots. Out of how many do you take? Eight. Eight? Or ten. Eight or ten. I don't remember. What? Put your pencil down. You can hear oh, that. sorry. <laughs> I have my nervous twitch. <laughs> so, but if somebody wants to go on that second trip, I won't be there. Mark will be there. It'll be awesome. Yeah. Bring four of your buddies and shoot me an email. And, and, yeah, and shoot, shoot him an email about what you need to start stocking up on because... It's a lot of different gear than oh, what when, you nor- when somebody, normally use around So here. somebody reaches out to me, I send them the, the outfitter information, which is a nice tidy pamphlet. And then uh, to reserve your spot, you put a 50% deposit down for the outfitter cost. After you do that, I send you a gear list. That my personal gear list, the one that I have. Yes, that he learned the first time, what would I do better? Yep. yep. So the first time I went, they had a gear list. It was so broad, it wasn't that helpful. Yeah. Where this one is much more specific based on what I've seen as well as what I heard from, because I'm a nerd. I try to learn from everybody. Yeah. So I have what I saw, I have what I heard and learned, and then put this into this gear list that I've created. What you want to tie, and Ty's been there before. He had a little prior knowledge. Ty's so scatterbrained. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I tried to get information from him, and it was like pulling teeth. <laughs> <laughs> How expensive is Bush Light in the Amazon? Um, it'd probably be like a million dollars a can. Because <laughs> I didn't drink any when I was down there. I can't remember the names of the beers. Uh, there was one that was okay, and there was one that I would call good. And the one that was most prevalent was the okay one. And it was in like... Which makes sense. It's <laughs> supply and demand. It was in an 8-ounce, either an 8 or 10-ounce can, and it had a foil top. Really? Yeah. Nothing suspicious about that. (laughs) You would peel the foil top and then you'd crack it open. It was actually sealed. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It was an extra barrier. It wasn't rubber banded on foil. No, no, no. <laughs> and, and to paint you a picture of what you can expect down there if you go, um, there's a lot of travel, but once you're there, there's a, a lodge, a, a, an actual brick and mortar. Well, not brick and mortar. It's made of super expensive Amazon hardwood. <laughs> <laughs> Readily available if you have a chainsaw. Exactly. And they do. And the crazy thing is, if you get there, you look at the boards, all of those boards were cut with a chainsaw. Yeah. So the the symmetry that they're able to put together is amazing when you yeah. think about all this was done with a chainsaw. Right. And there's four rooms, and then everybody sleeps in a tent. So you have four rooms with tents, and then you have outside of the room on the porch, there's four more tents yeah so, eight, so they're like a tent inside of a room yeah type yep. the rooms are open no windows no windows no, no doors yep. and you sleep in your tent totally enclosed from any bugs the mosquito- anacondas and whatnot oh, man that, <laughs> those I, I never saw one but just the idea freaks me out so yeah. is there a list of pills that you must have like shots and immunizations yeah, dramatic i got vaccines for typhoid fever which you didn't have to have, but I got it anyway. I'm not taking a chance. Right. And then uh, the yellow fever, you have to have that one to even get in the country. So I got that okay. one. Yeah. And then hepatitis C is recommended. So I got that one. That's a two-part. So you take the one before you leave, and then you get the next one like six months later. Hmm. So there's that. And then you got to have your COVID. So, yeah, like f- two vaccinations you have to have. And then two others I didn't that I Do got Do you think anyway. a lot of that is because you're going into like a tribal region where they're not susceptible to a lot of the diseases that we are? No. Like the yellow fever one is, yellow fever is from. It's there. It's and there. they don't want it's you It's from to mosquitoes. It. Okay. Right. And I think it's just kind of like wearing your seatbelt type deal. I don't think you're going to spread it so much as you're going to get it and just die. Yeah. <laughs> so what about fresh water? Are you drinking out of water bottles? Or are you boiling water? Yeah, you that, that was kind of a bitter subject through the last outfitter. Well, your Did water I talk guy about that? died, didn't he? Yeah. Like, literally oh. died. The guy that was supposed to bring them water. No. And so I, I don't think we want to advertise that. <laughs> but this was through a different outfitter. Come on this trip with us. <laughs> <laughs> but well, this- just don't be the water guy. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna bring a water like a life straw. My thank God my brother brought one. Which yeah. the funny thing of that is I made fun of him before we left. I'm like that's a waste of space. You don't need that. They have water, and then he brought it anyway, and we ended up using the hell out of it. <laughs> but the la- the last they have bottled water, plenty of bottled water. The last two days, the guy who runs the convenience store in Appetary five hours down river where if water ran low, they'd run a boat down there, pick up water or so whatever. So they have a store. There's a store. Yeah. It's Sweet. just a 10 hour trip. 10 hour. <laughs> it's a one day trip there and back. Right. But the guy who ran it died. Like he was running. Oh, the store guy did. The store guy was running oh. his boat on the river, flipped his boat in some rapids, drowned, and then got eaten by piranhas. Oh. I think that's how most people die there, isn't it? <laughs> there's, there's a lot of ways to die there. <laughs> But, but that's a leading cause. But the, the cops... Cancer never gets anybody down there. It's mainly the piranhas. Right. <laughs> I think I like flathead fishing in the States a little more. <laughs> the flatheads don't get 400 pounds. That's the Touché. thing about... I talk about all this, but you're down there because the, there's a possibility you could catch a 400-pound paraiba, which is like yes. a catfish mixed with a great white. Yeah. And, and you could literally catch... 
20 species of fish per day um, and not catch the same one? Uh, 15, well, 20, maybe? I, I don't know. The I, bait you're I, catching is more excitement than most people get to experience. I mean, the so peacocks pe- and stuff. They yeah. fight peacocks. <laughs> yeah. The best way I can describe a peacock bass is they fight like a hybrid striper, but they jump. Right. They fight just, they're fast yeah. and powerful, and then they explode out of the water. And you catch, uh, that's cool. <laughs> you could catch 80 of them a day between yeah. two and 10 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Crazy, but that that was the bulk of the fish I caught were peacocks, and then you get um, uh, bicuda are neat. They're like a gar mixed with a razor blade mixed with. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, their teeth are like razors. Yeah, I just lip the first one, and <laughs> oh, but anyway, pretty much everything there has teeth. So the the convenience store guy he died, and the cops closed the store down due to an investigation of possible foul play. Oh. So they couldn't buy water from the store. Okay, that's why. Where was the next store? How many How many days away was that? Uh, an hour and a half plane ride. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so the fish that were there, um, you had the bicuda, you had the payara, the vampire fish, which the best way to describe that fight. Ooh, I don't. Is that the crazy things? Yeah, they fight like a Jack Crevel which is not, it's a saltwater fish. It, they're like a Jack Crevel that jumps, which anybody who's caught one, a five-pound Jack Crevel fights harder than a 30-pound flathead. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, you add the current of the actual river that you're in. So the biggest one I hooked was in heavy current on a deep diving plug, like a six-inch deep diving Yozuri crystal minnow. And when he hit that thing, you're just cranking it in as fast as you can and it just stopped <laughs> and immediately went the other direction. And he pulled off 30 yards of line before I gained a single inch. That's crazy. Jumping the awesome. whole way, <laughs> doing cartwheels. Flipping you off. <laughs> and this, this, this was a heavy power spinning or bait casting rod, Okuma Citrix, 300 size, 18 pounds of drag on yeah. it. Like so heavy it's not pressure. Like a wussy setup. Right. And he yeah. just destroyed me. <laughs> That's awesome. Ended up getting him in, but he busted off that big run immediately, and then two or three other shorter ones, but pretty substantial on top of that. I I had I like I had under half a spool. He hit it fifty feet from the boat and he I had under half a spool at one point in time. Before you made an inch. <laughs> it was pretty impressive. So you're saying we've talked about this before, but probably if you're like, I'm gonna go to the Amazon and depending on airfare, seven grand will get you there for a week and back. You're looking at outfitter, airfare. One of the biggest things, if you do it once, you got to be outfitted equipment-wise. Yes. yes. And that's the big thing. You're yeah. probably, if you're a Midwestern angler with typical tackle for a Midwestern angler, even if you have catfishing stuff, you're looking at probably 2000 To up, get the good stuff. The, like, the, like you don't have to worry about anything. Yeah, it, if yes. your equipment fails, it's probably because you did something wrong, not because the equipment did anything yes. wrong. So you spend two grand, get some high end stuff that's capable of handling those fish. I mean, you're going to spend two. And pretty much any fish I other than those fish. <laughs> I imagine quality drags is a priority there. Not just quality drags, but a reel that will bounce back. Like you catch a fish and your drag washers aren't toast right. after a fish because right. you that's can only true. take so much. Right. Yeah. 
and those friction rings are just worn, glowing red. Right. So for me, which I never caught a big cat, like a big, big, the biggest one I caught was like 26. And that's why you're going back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the number one driver. Um, you were there for a big one. I wasn't was awesome. there there. I was on the other side of the river. So I didn't get to see it in person, but I, but Wes's jowl was a hundred pounds yeah. or more. And he said he had 40 pounds of drag on it and it pulled off 50 yards. That's crazy. It's just amazing. The power of these fish, like that 25, 26 pound red tail fought harder than that 55 pound flathead me and you caught. Yeah. Well, they have to, that's yeah. probably the hardest scenario in life to survive is it's, those fish in it's, that river. In, yeah. in, it's an inland ocean. Like, that's the thing with the ocean. Everything is fast because things are either being chased or doing the chasing. So if you don't catch your food, you don't eat. And if you're the food, if you don't get away, you die. So there's very... The food chain never stops. Yes. Something always wants to eat the next thing. There is a very few apex predators in that scenario because there's always a level up, level up, level up. The trophic even level the, is just... Even the little piranhas finish off the big guys. Absolutely something right. else yeah. Well, it just like goes back around, <laughs> right. you know, because the piranhas get ate too. Right. Circle a lot. Piranhas was a, one of your main bait sources, uh, wasn't it? I, piranhas and, and bass? Peacocks, peacocks were the main one. Yeah. The piranhas didn't get bit that much. Really? Yeah, I don't think I had a single big cat bite on a piranha. I'm just going on a limb. I wouldn't want to bite a piranha either, because he's probably going to win the biting contest. Dude, <laughs> everything's everything's equally yeah, equipped. Everything has teeth. The only thing that didn't have teeth was the cats, but they're also the biggest. So it's like they just swallow yeah. them whole. Yeah, they don't need teeth. And you talk about worrying about what you eat. It's like a flathead don't give a shit about a bullhead that's full right. of spines. They just slope mm-hmm. them up with a big smile on their face. Yeah, that's why I don't get worked up too much if I gut hook a flathead. You know, you okay? You punch that hook point through his throat. That that sounds bad, but then you think about that two pound bullhead he probably ate two weeks before, and it's punching holes through his throat on All the, the way, way down, down too. Yeah. Fifteen times on yeah. the way down, right? So <laughs> if I I don't want to leave that hook if I can help it, but I when I rip it out, I don't feel bad about it. Right. It'll bounce. Back. And once we kind of learn to reach down and get them to relax, and you can twist the hook out mm-hmm. without because they don't even bleed at that point. No, I mean, no. Back in the day when I tried to unhook a gut hooked it would bleed like hell and it died and it's so much so much harder with a small one you know you got you got a 20 to 50 pounder pulling a hook out of his throat ain't that big of a deal and if he's a 15 or under and the hook swallowed he's dinner i'm not even gonna worry about yeah we kept my first one ever on our last trip we did he was very tasty first and only one i've ever kept but they're they're delicious delicious. Yeah. yeah they're awesome and we even got the hook back after we were done. Yeah, <laughs> just out the other end. <laughs> well, as, as soon as you said you pulled him up and he was like five pounds, and you're like, man, he swallowed it. I said, don't Good. throw him back. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm just bummed out that footage didn't turn out because yeah. you caught that one. I caught a small one, and then I caught like a 15-pounder, and then there was like a really nice video of right. us cleaning or cooking it on a campfire. That was about yeah. as good of a trip, exit trip. Day as you could have trip, ever asked for. As you could ever ask for. Yeah, we, yeah, because you guys stroked him the night before, didn't you? Didn't you get? I mean, we could ones? have if he wouldn't have botched. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was a botching night. <laughs> yeah, somebody sucked a little bit that night. <laughs> I've I've been there <laughs> recently. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. The yeah. wounds are still fresh. No, it it but happens. We had a awesome exit day. Yeah, we caught four. Yeah, yeah, four on the way out. 
Because exit day, you're kind of on your B game. You're like, I'm wore out. I'm tired. I'm dehydrated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you put four on. You're like, hell yeah. And I did <laughs> run out of water too. Yeah. And then and you had that extra I bottle. You up with a little bit. <laughs> but I, I'd been like parched for two hours, and I'm thinking, mm. you had this extra bottle of water this whole time. <laughs> We're in oh. the Rockies. <laughs> <laughs> Managing resources. Managing resources. Yeah. That's smart. What so am I? What I am I more willing to give up, Spencer, or this bottle hour. of water? Yeah. You would have chugged it in the first hour, and you'd yeah. have died four hours later. You're 100 percent right. <laughs> and it tastes so much better because you've been dreaming about it for four hours. It's like, you really want a water bottle? Yes. Yes, I do. (laughs) Can't believe you don't, dummy. (laughs) I took... thought you'd done this before. I took half a gallon of water and then like a 32-ouncer of water. And I'm like, this will be fine. Yeah. And it was almost fine. I don't mind... I wasn't going to die. I don't mind warm water. So I always just bring a gallon. Because I don't have to have cold water i don't if it's warm i'm good with it the so i just bring a gallon of water the problem with my i have a gallon water jug that keeps it cold too but yeah. it's just so big it right? is yeah it is space yeah but a, space a, a, is like a milk carton gallon really uh, it can fit almost anywhere yeah and when you're done with it you can squash it down yes so but with the metal ones when you're done with it you're not squashing it yeah. down it's taking up the same amount of space whether it's empty or full that's exactly right all right Talk shit about me. I go pee. I'll be back. Corey and can't, go. Can't, <laughs> I can't. I want to talk trash, but you've pretty much talked about what, all the reasons you suck already. <laughs> we, we're not going to reinvent the wheel here. <laughs> Would all right. Back to we'll talk about a question then because that's been beat to death. Uh, and a, farm pond versus neighborhood pond. Do you see any difference in your mind when it comes to fishing them? Are you going to pick one or the other? Farm pond's probably more exclusive. Like yeah. less people have access to it. Yeah. Also has more pollution than the. Maybe. Maybe. For the, let's just say as a Dude, nation. Neighborhood ponds, they get mowed. They get that's treated. True. Yeah. You know. It's, that's true. I never thought of like. You're thinking farm runoff. Yes. Versus. And you're just assuming... This chemical company just throwing it on there to make it look pretty. And then you're also comparing the farm ponds in your mind and just assuming every farm pond in the... I quotation marks farm pond in the country is like that. Yeah. Most of my farm ponds allow cattle in them. You know (laughs) what I mean? That's my definition of a farm pond. But there's so many farm ponds that That are are just just a pond by somebody's Mm -hmm. house. Mm Mm-hmm. So pollution, I don't the exclude or the the exclusiveness, I can get on board with. Yeah. The problem with me with farm ponds is to be able to fish them, you got to get permission, which is time consuming. Yeah. Not impossible, not even that big of a deal, but you don't just walk up, fish it, and figure out what's in it. Because I I want bullheads, I want green sunfish, I have lots of places I can catch bluegills. Yes. Most ponds have bluegills and don't have green sunfish. Yes. So to find and that, those are the ones we don't go to very often, right? right. <laughs> and a lot of the ones that have green sunfish don't have bluegill. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I I think what I've noticed is, and I just have one instance to compare this to. There was a pond that exclusively had green sunfish in it. Great pond for catching bait. There was a pile of four to eight inch green sunfish. So you had some smaller ones. You it's had good some, variety. Yeah, just you perfect. go and you know early and catch smaller ones. Keep them. 
Yeah. Go later, catch big ones, keep them. It was great. Yeah. And then bluegills got introduced some way, somehow. And I started catching bluegills in there too. And the green sunfish just population slowly shrank down. You would think it'd be the other way. You would think a green sunfish would bully a bluegill, yeah, but, but they, they must reproduce faster. So rate bluegill them. reproduce faster. Well, it could be that, or it could be bluegill are just more efficient predators overall. Because bluegill can occupy, like green sunfish are shoreline structure based, a lot of rock, where bluegills can occupy that space as well as the open water. So they're yeah. more efficient. This is my theory: more efficient at getting food. Correct. Therefore, are stronger more energetic as repro- a species reproduce more yeah. effectively on a hook they're pussies i, <laughs> I wish that wasn't the case okay. <laughs> so i have confirmed to myself at least that the hybrid bluegill green sunfish the ones whatever, with whatever orange, makes up the, like orange flames down the, the ones side that get gigantic <laughs> yeah 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 i will never use one again why they're excellent yeah how do you keep them from just twisting Entangling the hell out of everything. Short leader. Yeah. I've done that. So I've tried them them under a bobber. I've tried them on a short leader and a... Bobbers bobbers are made for bullheads. That's it. Well, they work good for those too. (laughs) Yeah. But so I've used them about a half a dozen times now and it always ends up with just a tangled mess and it's just hanging there on a short hook. That (laughs) that is the mark of a great bait. Right. So it could also be two two problems too. Mm -hmm. You could have the fact that the hybrids are super energetic and all over the freaking place. And then you have how you hook the bait affects how it swims in current. And I don't know how you're hooking the bait, Mm -hmm. but if you... I've tried multiple... locations (laughs) okay a lot of fails going into this one a lot of fails but moral of the story is figure it out because they're they're awesome baits i haven't had those types i've occasionally had those problems instead of using a drop leader on your weight use a hook like a snap Mm -hmm. and keep your weight tight and then keep a short leader from your three-way to your hook and it's almost impossible to Tangle that up. So don't okay. give them the free sliding weight. All right. Before you give that advice, I have to give a caveat. Oh. If you run a short leader to a fixed sinker that does not slide, like you're talking about, and you hook that bait in the tail and it's a lively bait, they are more likely to pull off the hook. That is true. So if you hook them in the tail. Now, if you hook them in the nose and there's a little bit of current, they'll just sit there and free spool. Yeah. They'll just yeah. freak out under the water, just quiver and whatever. And that's an, to a beat. That's that's my preferred way. Like if your yeah. sinker doesn't slide, you nose hook them, lip hook them, whatever you want to call it, and they don't tear off. Yeah. Okay. And they don't tangle up quite as bad on a short leader. You give them two feet, they're gonna swim around. They're gonna find something and around <laughs> and around and t- tangle everything. They're on cracks. They're uh, gonna uh, find something. But with the fixed sinker, that's not mm-hmm. even as big of a deal either. Yes. You know, because they yeah. just spin around and it doesn't tangle on itself. It just goes around, and yeah. then the swivel swivels, and your line doesn't. So I'm twist. just gonna put my hook on the swivel and call it good. <laughs> well, the old knocker rig. Be, well, the, the old knocker rig's not bad. Yeah, yeah. the it, Doug Stangy. I grew up fishing the Doug Stangy rig. You call it knocker rig. You call it whatever. Mm-hmm. But you let the sinker slide straight to the hook no leader whatsoever yeah, just put a bead to protect your knot yep you don't even have to do that fish it right really in the don't. logs <laughs> the reason i got away from that is because i switched to braid and i like the idea of having a leader of lighter brake strength so when my hook gets stuck in a log i get my swivel and sinker back yeah do you do that often 
Get hung in logs? Yeah. No, never. <laughs> no, no. It's never happened no. to me. How many hooks have you gone through in your career? Oh, my God. I've never Call thought. Matt. Call Matt. Call <laughs> 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 uh, If we do the, the whole time, let's just. Retail value. <laughs> let's just start. 150 a year, probably. Yeah, 150 a year for 12 years. Yeah. So you're talking 1,200. I lost four last night. 1,800 hooks. I lost four last night before dark because I was fishing the rocks. Yep, yep. And then after dark, I didn't have a problem. You got to improve your casting. That's where they're at. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get to where the fish are at. Yeah, yes. you, if you I don't actually get a, catch big fish if you started doing that, Corey. <laughs> if I lose a rig and catch a big fish or any fish on another right. rig, I call it a draw. I'll trade a hook right. for a fish. So anyway. how many? That, that is a thing that I do on trips. It's like. I've lost four hooks, but I've caught one. Not a good ratio. Well, that's what I was going to ask. So for the people that don't know or haven't experienced it, how many rigs do you think you lose per trip when you're... Daytime is so much higher. Floating, when you're floating... When I'm kayaking? Yeah. Daytime is so much higher than nighttime. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Like tenfold, probably. Yes. And then I lose fewer in the rocks than I do in the timber. True. If Especially in a kayak, because you can easily get, right get above it. Of it. Yep. Yes. yes. I don't know. Probably, I've had trips where I haven't lost any, and I've had trips where I've lost ten. Wait, yeah. I haven't seen that trip. Well, you haven't, <laughs> you haven't been on every trip, Corey. Some trips no. are more about drinking beer. Yeah. We don't lose a lot of <laughs> a lot of shit. That one. I would probably say, on average, three to five per trip. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm on par. Daytime daytime yeah. trips. If usually. you're putting your baits where they need to be. Yeah. And you're fishing from for twelve out like a twelve hour day putting baits where they need to be. You're gonna lose some three to five. Yeah. You're gonna hang up over a dozen times, but you're gonna get some of them back. Yes. But as far as like having to bust off three to five normally. Yeah. Then you have those really right. crappy trips where you're like every oh. cast. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, but yeah. the the thing for me so you is you gotta be committed. If you wanna be successful, you gotta commit to it. But the the thing for me isn't even the hooks on trips like that, because you can bring a pile of hooks yeah. and then you can buy more yeah. when you get home um i guess the buy more thing doesn't factor in it's the bait is the issue because yes. you only have so many baits so every time you bust off guess what your bait and gone. you can only keep and so mine's a weight alive in a kayak, in a kayak. Yeah. yeah and mine's weight as well mm. losing lose i'd rather lose a hook than a sinker any day and that's why i run the rigs i do yeah where you have a heavier mono or braid Flow. main line and then you have a lighter leader where, because most of the time you're fishing timber, your hook's what hangs up. Yeah. And then you bust off your hook. Unless you, get, you do the Christmas tree and bounce it off seven logs on the way down, then your weight might hang up. Yeah. Still. <laughs> they'll, they'll like wedge in the Ys of the sticks, yeah. I think. Right in the crucial point, though. Yeah. So that's good. What's funny are the casts that you know, like it hasn't even hit bottom. You're like, yep, I'm hung. Yeah, I'm done. So, <laughs> Hopefully, something grabs you're, it and you're takes feeling off. The cast go down or the drop go down. You're like, yeah, I'm not getting that one. I back. think the worst. <laughs> I think the worst ones are when it's eight feet deep. You know, it's eight feet deep, and you do a lob cast, and as soon as it hits goes the down water, three foot. or or three inches, <laughs> <laughs> it just hits the water, and it's just stuck immediately. <laughs> That's not what I planned. No. no. <laughs> That was our last trip. The, yes. I think it was the first log jam. I, I did a lob. The very first drop. And it made it <laughs> six inches under the water. <laughs> your, yeah. your bluegills flipping its tail on top close. of the water. It's tough to have it all, guys. It is. Close. It is. But someday we won't have it still. But mm -hmm. we'll try. 
What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Someday we're going to get so good that we'll have it. Oh. But we won't. I won't. I hope you do. <laughs> I'm, I'm being real about this. <laughs> always pushing the barrier. That's right. I know I can get that bait six inches closer. If, no, if I, I ever get to that point where I feel like I'm so good that I don't have that problem, I will change something to test something to screw it all Because <laughs> that's the way Everything's I Everything's going too good. Let's, let's throw a wrench in this quick. Do you think you could fish the same? Like, if you found a spot that was fairly, like, we won't call it great. We'll call it good. We've got one right now. Right, but possibly too. Could you fish that every day all year? No, you don't. It wouldn't be great if you fished it every day all year. But let's just say you you the pressure the pressure would change your fishing. Well, let's take reality out of this. (laughs) (laughs) Screw reality. Let's let's just assume. So let's say we know a spot that there's got a forty-one, a forty-three. No, no. Let me twenty-four. It's my scenario. Let me explain my scenario. (laughs) We know there's at least four good fish in this area this, that's constantly you're talking eat. about reality this yes. is not reality that okay. i'm trying to bring up this is a what if what if there was a spot where you caught zero to two fish every trip average it out to one and are they 30 plusers they're five to 40 pounds okay and you caught zero to two every trip would you be able to fish that spot every night you went fishing for an entire year like no i can't no there's so many other spots that I'm like, I'm gonna go try this. You know, yeah. I I couldn't do it. There's no way. You think you could do it, Corey? Probably not. I don't even think I could do it two days in a row. <laughs> even when I was, and I wouldn't want to do it two days in a row. Right. I'd want to do it once and then wait maybe a week, two weeks. And well, then we're just saying you get zero to two every trip. I still, I I I would worry about. I'm bringing reality into this, but I would really worry about my presence changing that fishing habitat it does or they're yes it, it does 100%. so i i want to let them breathe i want to fish mm-hmm. it catch what's there let them breathe go to a different spot then come back and the whole point then it's of, like a surprise attack <laughs> <laughs> ta-da i'm back the, the whole point of this was just to because I, I i got a question on instagram today or yesterday where a dude has been fishing the same spot all summer and he said i catch more than he catches like two to five a trip yeah but has never got one over eight pounds and he says should i try a different place and my thought was do you want one over eight pounds well (laughs) it's like i don't know how you fish it that long to begin with yeah you know like and i think fear of failure is big for some people yeah because you you, but you, you know what you got he's in the two to eight pound range is there a 30 pounder up where it shallows up is there a... Or is there a 30-pounder right where he's at, and he just hasn't got him yet? Yeah. But if you're that consistent, you beat the same area up and getting the same results every time, the chances of that 30-pounder, he's probably upstream a little bit. Good good is the enemy of great. Yeah. If you settle on good, you'll never yeah. be great. Exactly. That's a way more That's extreme kind of human example. Nature. Like, we... Uh. Everyone wants instant results, instant gratification. Oh, I'd be nice. In the flathead world, that's not reality. Yeah, we'd well, be bass fishermen then. We <laughs> <laughs> well, fishing for them easy fish. Where'd that gun go? <laughs> <laughs> About to get assaulted. <laughs> I haven't brought this up to I you, mean, Corey. I'm, he claimed to be a wrestler. We're going to find out. <laughs> as, I like as, my odds. As a, guy, <laughs> as a guy who's a bass guy growing up and still is, yeah. I'm going to tell you 
my thoughts on it, and I want to hear your thoughts. Okay. Um, when I think of bass... By the way, he's a badass bass guy. He's yeah, not you, like your run-in-the-mill farm pond bass guy. Yeah, you're devoted. Like, he knows his shit. You're devoted. And you're deep within bass fishing culture. So this makes this even more fun. When I think of large... Why do you suck? <laughs> when I think of largemouth oh, bass... <laughs> when I think of largemouth bass, my first thought is bass are easy to catch. And then I think about bass fishing tournaments... And when I think of the pros, I think they are the best at catching the most and biggest of a fish that is easy to catch. Channel cat tournaments are roughly the same. Uh, A lot of people think that till they have to put their money on the line. Okay. Yes. Um, So, like, just a reality picture of what goes on in the tournament world. So you take 225 boats... With a pro and a co-angler, you got 500 guys okay. that have been beating up a small body of water. Pre-fishing for a week. Some guys for a month, I mean. Yeah. So a small body of water like Lake Gunnersville. It's only like 100, 100 yeah. miles long. <laughs> it's only got a million and a half bass. <laughs> no. But you guys think that, but they actually fish small. There's only actually eight, I, a tenth I, of that water. Is possibly fishable. Right. There's so much uh, of that water that doesn't have bass. Right. Yes. Um, yes. Or doesn't have the quality of bass that it takes to win a tournament. Mm-hmm. No. So you have a no, It's one thing to go catch bass. Yes. Yeah. Bass are easy to catch. They're very um, aggressive predator fish. Yeah. No. But there's a difference between I'm not going to catch a bass. When I go bass fishing, I'm going to catch. I want to catch the biggest, the five bass big, in the water. Yeah. So, the five biggest so let's rewind this. I never said these five bass. I just said bass right. are easy to catch. <laughs> and then you said bass are easy to catch. And now we're on to the five bass to win the tournament. Yes. Ooh, so far, there's a big step. So far, it sounds exactly like what I right. said. <laughs> just want to throw well, that out know, there. So I take my New York trip. We go up to Oneida and. Of course, the walleye guys, they're, they're the fastest that want to pick on the bass guys. They are. They're ruthless. Okay. <laughs> to everybody, though. Yes. <laughs> not not yes. just bass guys. Me, a bass fisherman, went to New York yeah. to a lake that is a smallmouth and largemouth fishery and a walleye fishery. A wonderful one for all three, is my understanding. And I could have caught 100 walleye a day without trying mm-hmm. if I wanted to. Yeah, you troll a worm harness. So it sounds like, <laughs> sounds like, but, but, time, but, time out. I supposed to be this prestigious, time so out. hard to catch. Sounds like you're deflecting I from the bass. I dinner every night you're, on accident. You're, you're, <laughs> you're deflecting from the bass to the walleyes to, to imply. I'm just an example out there. Anything can be considered easy. That's true. What's the scenario? That's true. Yeah. That's the scenario. Everything. I mean, going to my neighborhood pond and catching bluegill is easy. Going yeah. to a crappie factory and catching crappie can be easy. Yeah. Um, you go to a place like Malax or Lake of the Woods, walleye fishing's yeah. pretty darn easy. You go to Erie, mm-hmm. you just drink beer and right. fish come to you. Yeah. Um, so it's I, amazing. I think it's all perspective. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. they all have their own challenge. Yeah. But the biggest thing is catching the five biggest fish more than any of these other professionals. They're trying to catch those five right. same biggest fish. That have been beat up and seen 500,000 lures for the last three weeks. Yeah. Um, Isn't it weird how the same guys tend to rise to the top? 
Yes. Every tournament. Yeah. And it doesn't matter um, what tournament it is. Yeah, you can. You know, you any can, species. Any species. Yeah. Hundred percent. Any anywhere um, in the nation, they could be from Iowa and go to New York. Mm-hmm. And if they beat them and, up, they're going to beat them up in Iowa. And they're going to beat them up in Missouri. They're fishing against guides who are on the water every day, yes. and then they still outfish them. Yes, that mm-hmm. blows me away. Yeah, that's that is crazy. It, I, You've I, got a whole year to pattern your fish. This is your home turf, and somebody comes in from twelve hours away and puts you in the dust. Yeah. Because yep. I think those kind of scenarios are because those those guys are fishing more open minded. I think it almost hurts you to have that much I experience that. on one body of water. You fall in the trap of fishing history or you're replaying history in your mind. That's what real. do I need to do? Yeah. That's freaking. Whereas real. Uh, me as a new guy going to a new body of water, I'm open to anything. I'm just yes. fishing the current situation. Yeah. And I'm more open minded. That makes a hell of a lot of sense. Um. So moral of the story is I'm right. Ish. (laughs) There's a whole lot of ish going on here. Not only do I think I'm right, I get confirmation from other people. That's dangerous. You're never right, Spencer. All right. So I'm getting hungry. We got to wrap this up. All right. This is podcast one of two today. We're doing a double header. We are. I'm excited about it. It's going to be a good sign. I did a guide trip, and Corey was out all night fishing. And I was... On date night. And you're on date night. Get, so. yeah. Getting pictures. I appreciate the pictures. I caught fish last night. What'd you boys do? I got 24 before dark. Solid. What'd you do, Spencer? I uh, ate a burger. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you pick out a couch? Didn't you go? No, we looked go, at them. We, furniture we, shopping? Didn't pull the trigger. No, we're, we got th- we're down to the final three. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's only two more weeks. So he's, he's still pre-fishing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Waiting to get that lunker on the line. That's uh, (laughs) I like that analogy. All right, what do you what do you got to wrap up with? Oh, Corey, thanks, buddy. It's been a while since we hung out. Uh, Your uh, secret sauce is coming through, and uh, also check out the rest of JB Fish Sauce. Um, He's got great stuff for for ice fishing as well as open water. And, and Corey Weaver Outdoors on Facebook. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate uh, liking a follow. It's uh, important in our world and our goals of what we're trying to do. And, and he's doing so much traveling this year, hitting tournaments and stuff. It's awesome uh, watching you. You know, you're 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 doing the stuff that that any angler wants to do. Yes. You know, and you're putting it out there, and you're getting back on the trail a little bit. And, if you don't mind going broke, follow me and do what I do. <laughs> I'll show you the way to make, turn a million into a thousand. <laughs> that's uh, that's the reality of tournament fishing, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah, and that's probably true for ninety percent of the guys out there. Sadly, yeah, um, absolutely. But you love it, and yeah. that drives you. And well, you're gonna spend money on some stuff you enjoy doing. But so yeah, I don't mind working hard so I can play hard. So mm-hmm. absolutely right. Um, and then on a personal note, I've got some uh, weekdays open yet on my guide trips. So uh, if you guys want to take a six or twelve hour trip, uh, give me a call. Flathead fishing has been pretty consistent as far as flathead fishing yeah, goes. It hasn't been like gangbusters. It has been some nice yes. fish. Nice. I've I've caught more thirties and forties this year than I have twenties, and that's yeah. un <laughs> that's uncharacteristic. For and you. I'm not for you. I'm not saying. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not saying you're going to sign up for a trip. We're going to put a forty on the board, right. but you're going to have I'm, a chance. We're going to have a good time either way. Yep, definitely yep. going to so, have fun. You're going to have a chance. 
So if anybody's interested, the rest uh, probably up till October. Yeah, it'd be a little late. Yeah. Definitely mm-hmm. up to mid to late September, depending on weather with an yeah. outside shot in October for sure. If it stays warm, the water stays low. Which but, it has for two years. Yes, so we'll, consistency is key. We'll probably get so, an eight-inch rain next week. Well, I wouldn't hate that. I wouldn't love it. <laughs> so just uh, get a hold of me at Tassler Guide Service on Facebook or email me at TasslerRyan at Hotmail.com. There you go. Corey, what do you got? He'll also help you get rid of critters. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tassler Animal Control. If you I did a bat job the other day. Saturday morning, I got up at 7 and got, a bat? got rid of some bats. Yeah. Okay, funny segue from that. I had a bat hit my line so hard last night, he crashed into the water. <laughs> and somehow, got. I was like freaking, I, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Somehow, he got out of the water and eventually took off again. But he hit my line and my rod so hard. He was just as surprised as you were, I, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's your send-off, Corey? Um, keep your baits wet and got a chance. Go fishing. Get outdoors. God, that's so cringy. I love it. Uh, <laughs> my, my send-off is check out Bigfoot Bushcraft, Badass Fire Starters, Promo code Spencer Bauer save you. Uh, I don't remember ten or fifteen percent, something like that. They're not expensive either way. They're not, no. Mm. But and they work. I've they are in freaking sweet. So um, I'm not a big promo code guy. So it's just them and then Waterley and sunglasses, badass sunglasses. Which I'm gonna add. My sunglasses are so nasty from the trips I've been taking lately, and all I gotta do is wipe them off with a with a sweatshirt. They're terrible. Yeah, wipe them yeah. off with a sweatshirt. They're good to go. Yeah, they're they're good. They lenses. might smell, yeah. <laughs> but at least you can see clearly. You through. let them air out for a while, it'll be <laughs> fine. But that's the biggest thing to me. Like you have good lenses; they're not the best in the absolute world, but they're gonna last. Yes, you know, it's like you you don't spend five hundred dollars on a pair of sunglasses that you have to take better care of than yeah. like your your you children. scratch them and they're yeah. junk. Yeah, right. These these. You know, they'll take some abuse, which I appreciate. And And they're an affordable loss. Yeah, 100 100 to 150 bucks, depending on what route you go, what's on, what sales going on. But you can save 15% with our promo code RC15, regardless of what the price point is. That's right. And that helps us out. So that'd be it for me. You guys got anything else? Nope. You guys have a good weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you in about two hours when we do our next podcast. Yep. All right. Good luck. I won't be here for that one. (laughs) Appreciate it, guys. Hope you catch a giant. Thank you. Now in Waypoint TV's 2023 Series Showdown. Your favorite hunting and fishing shows are going head-to-head. Visit waypointtv.com to vote and be entered to win a giveaway from Element Outdoors. Cast your votes during each round until the champions are crowned. Get in the game and vote in the Series Showdown. Presented by Expedition Enterprises and Vote Trader. Only at waypointtv.com. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.